Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. Jim, we're back in the Blue Studio, and I couldn't be happier. Um, we've been all over the world. But right now, we have somebody that I, I, I'm so... I can't believe you're in my house. I can't believe that we're here. I love her. Please welcome Exine Cervenka. Well, thank you. You're so nice. I'm so happy to be here. I love you and i can't believe you came over and you're on tour right now you're you're on the road but you're here with us it's like i'm so honored but like you're busy like super like we just ran into debbie harry last week so you guys are kind of going to be everywhere in yeah, a bit we are. we're going to be access touring with blondie in september and a little mm. bit of october incredible which isn't it is incredible especially since um i think we played together in new york the first time we went to new york we opened mm. for them at Haraz. Mm, in like mm-hmm. 1979 or so Incredible. I don't know and but um you know I've seen her over the years and she was kind of friendly with my sister and so I met her a long long time ago but I'm so excited because I love the band I love her and I I think oh, it's I just gonna be both. so much fun right it'll be great and and I mean will we be, be able to see you guys do a duet I mean I think that's like perfect for well I'm gonna ask for that I'm I gonna definitely ask her and I was gonna ask before we go out you know mm-hmm. um so I better get on that right well I feel like fans are just like hoping that that happens because you're both it's like the both most beautiful rock women in the world and there's like blonde and a brunette and you're yeah. actually both you're both blood and a brunette. Uh, yeah i am well i you know i don't know what i am really but um the um yeah i think that that would be great wouldn't it i just think that um one of my favorite things live um well playing shows mm-hmm. one is to see the, my friends in different cities yes i think that's one of the best things about what i do touring wise is i get to meet all these people and then stay friends with them over these years you know because yes. most people we can't afford to just travel and just go visit each other all the time anyway but the other thing is to just walk out and see the people's faces that are there to see the show if i walked out and did a song with debbie mm. the, the happiness and the crying i would cry <laughs> would you cry jim absolutely but you know so why not and uh, you know I'm sure she's reasonable I'm sure we'll do it you know we'll see I love it well to me it's perfect because to me you're the brunette of my heart I mean regardless of the hair color like you're the brunette that's still in my heart since I saw you so I never think of you as blonde even though there's blonde there well you know I'm just kind of um you know I, I don't dye my hair anymore no, yeah. Because um, I'm against that. And, you know, I like, I'm trying to be more healthy, you know. So mm-hmm. so I've got like some silvery parts in there and then I put some blonde streaks in there. But, you know. You're beautiful. And long. I'm just letting it grow long because supposedly there's some power in hair, you know. I think so. Samson and Delilah. Right. You know that when um, <laughs> mm. there was a thing, speaking of hair, in the military where they were using these <clears throat> like um, Native American people to be scouts and, and whatnot, you know, during mm. World War II. And what they found out was when they cut their hair, they were unable to do the job that they were supposed to do because oh. they they the hair is an extension it's like a um picks up frequencies or it's like an antenna yeah. if you think about it why would we have hair well mm-hmm. for the you know to protect our scalps or whatever yeah I mean, for for warmth well maybe it's more anyway hair is interesting but so it's i'm letting true. my hair grow long so i can be more perceptive okay. no i think that's right energy energy, energy. In it, right yeah. Well, rock and roll, everybody has very distinctive hair. And I think it's that energy that they're trying to draw in. I always had that kind of short little kind of, um, you know, it girl kind of bob kind of thing. I love usually. that, yeah. And now that I started doing shows with this long hair and it gets stuck all in your lipstick and stuff, it's very difficult to have long hair. <laughs> well, I followed your hair through um, such a long time. I was so, and still obsessed with you and obsessed with X. And like, so, I mean, I just love seeing you on the stage and performing because it just made me feel like, oh my God, like I could be a rock and roll beauty like you. Like you made me feel like so included. I know that we're not Asian together <laughs> like for some reason i always thought of you as asian <laughs> is that well, weird um i no, it's not it's very nice thank you very very much yeah. um i you know i i like that that a lot of people tell me that young old um since the day i started singing yeah which was well if you can do it anybody can do it which is kind of an insult in the way it's kind of like well if she can do it no but but you know what i mean like it <laughs> no, isn't no 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 but it isn't it's because we look alike i think what it what it is is that um 
I'm not like what I do is not beyond the average person's reach because all I did was be myself. Right. And I just threw it out there and I just sang like I sang and dressed like I dressed and acted like I acted and I didn't have any real role models. My mm-hmm. sister was kind of a role model. But there weren't really, you know, like Debbie Harry speaking of, she was just herself. Right. And some people say, well, she was kind of influenced by Marilyn Monroe or whatever. Well, so what? I mean, you, can you even see mm-hmm. that? I don't. I just see her. Yeah. Um, and so I that's what I was. I was just original. And then, um, you know, so a lot of women respected that because it was it wasn't like they had to suddenly wear a certain outfit and diet mm-hmm. and do a certain thing with their makeup to be like someone who was already doing what right i don't understand people who imitate each other i do understand inspiration and role mm-hmm. models but not um just kind of mimicking well i just love your music and for me i just felt like i looked enough like you where i could be like oh there's a yeah. rock star that looks like <laughs> I'm awesome. so in love with you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's good. You know, the only thing is, um, I don't know if it's like this for you in your work, but I always thought there would be hordes of women, like crowds of women, just following along behind me, going, "Yeah, I'm going to do that too." And instead, mm-hmm. there's less and less. It seems like over time, where mm. as far as like you know, except sex objects, you know, right? I right. mean, like people just being talented and just having something to do or say or sing. But it's probably because of the the um, corporate-controlled media and manufactured culture of the corporation. Well, I just admired you always so much because you always did your own thing, both in rock and roll and in poetry and in writing, that you were always about, like, putting your opinion forth, letting your voice be heard in different ways, not just as a singer, but as an icon, as a writer, as a feminist. I have um, with Adulterers Anonymous. Oh, yeah. Adul- yeah. From, with you and Lydia. Yeah. And I mean, I just treasure that. I mean, it meant so much to me, you know, just seeing that out there. So I'm a true fan. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Thank you. I go way back. The whole reason I bought this house is because Lydia Lynch was like, really wanted me to live in Glendale and she really wanted me to buy this house because it was right by Lux and Poison Ivy's house. Right. It's right by here. And she was like, you have to live here with all of us. And I was like, okay. And then I lived here and then she moved to Kentucky. As soon as I moved out, she gave me a printout sheet of all of like the, um, she, like a uh, close by gynecologist, a really good taco stand. Same thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where to get my nails done. She was, she was, well, you know, Lydia's a very interesting person because she has a certain kind of um, mercenary side mm. and she has a certain kind of spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And she uses them both to people's advantage or disadvantage, however she sees fit. She yeah. she wanted you to live here and I think mm-hmm. you might have made the right decision. Yeah, I think so. And she wanted to get you involved in the community, make sure mm-hmm. you had friends and neighbors and right. live in this cool house and have a gynecologist nearby and whatnot. <laughs> That is like, she's really helpful that way. She's very yeah. caring and very loving person. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to be on her bad side. <laughs> well, I think she's phenomenal. I've never seen the bad side. And I, I don't think I could because I just worship her. I worship you. So, I mean, for me to have you out there as a rock star, it just made me feel like I could be a rock star too. Like I can yeah. perform. I can be, it was more just like when you see somebody that looks like you, you feel like, I, I can do this. And to me, you were so beautiful and so something I could I could aspire to. Yeah. So well, and good. I still think so. Oh, I love that's it. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's what like and Lydia, you know, same thing with her. It's like she just had to be super tough to get out mm-hmm. of where she was. When I met her, she was sixteen and she was a stripper in New York City. Mm-hmm. And then it was right when Teenage Jesus and the Jerks were starting and mm. um, my sister was friends with her and and you know she was just she she was just so like tough and yeah. I was like not you know so it was like a really interesting pairing up of us. Yeah, you but know? you seem tough. Like you seem really to me. Like when I look at you, and always you've always seemed so beyond anybody's reach or judgment or like anything because you seem so strong and beyond. Like you're like looking at something over and out like it has nothing to do with like the way that people get insecure about things like to me you've always sort of like transcended that yeah is that well, that, what you well are? that's what courage is is being yeah. scared and doing it anyway yeah but the thing about the difference between us was she was like more like of a street girl and i was more mm-hmm. like southern girl who lived mm-hmm. in a you know i just i wasn't really urban mm-hmm. i'd never lived in a big city mm-hmm. and so going to new york for the first time and meeting her and that whole crowd was like really like wow you know it was more like that street smart kind of right. like you know, 
you know, punk kids as opposed to what I was, which was just kind of like a thrift store hippie, not even a hippie. I don't know what I was because I was in between hippies and then I already was who I was before punk started happening. Yeah. So I was kind of just a, in the freak zone, you know, yeah. nebulous freak zone. But was when I met her and, and some other people that I realized the same thing you're saying too is that, oh, it's okay to do what I'm doing because, you know, mm-hmm. look, we're all just doing this. But you brought right. so much elegance to it and I think you're just so beautiful. It's like you actually brought a level of like refinement to punk rock and to like just all this the sort of stuff that we were listening to and like kind of like testing and challenging the establishment with but just doing it with grace and beauty oh, like thank you kind of classy huh you're classy but, um, i am kind of classy no but you know why because i wasn't um i wasn't uh, you know well i don't know i don't know what to call that but it's just kind of uh, thought more thoughtful maybe right. than, than the average person, which, True. you know, even though I was a wild, crazy wild person, course, just wild course. as they come. Of course. Um, but there's still a certain thing in that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, it's about sort of like the decorum thing, which I think is really helpful for women as an example. Like we, we didn't have to, we could still be as punk rock as what uh, Courtney Love but we didn't have to display or like lash out or be crazy. Mm-hmm. We can totally have the same power. Like I think that's what you brought is well, that we have this power, I, I but we can what, be literary. I, I think what it is, it is a little bit literary, but it's also like um, the Camille Paglia version of feminism, which mm. is the more like a man you can be, the more liberated you are as a woman, which I'm not as in agreement as, I don't think every woman should be like having um, groupies and, mm. and trying to be a guy, trying to out guy the guys. And it seemed like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of women in music started doing that and it became like this kind of one-upmanship, like um, even like some sometimes the Go-Go's, which is pretty common knowledge, they would, you know, like do things and, and think it was, you know, really funny to exploit the roadies or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, their, their stories. And they were just goofing off and having fun, yeah. I understand. But the thing is, um, I don't aspire to be like men mm. um, and I never have. I, right. I just am me and I think I'm more of, of a female than a male. Uh, identify more female, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing is that um, there are a lot of things that people do that I find very crude and very um, demeaning and very um, diversionary from the real issues of what has to happen. Like if you want to be not even successful, if you just want to be a complete artist, human being, and a woman, you can't just go down below your own level. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying men are below women. I'm saying like in the music area and mm-hmm. stuff, there's like this showmanship, this you know that right. thing. And You're it's right. just it's silly to pursue that because. It's only a joke anyway, but to base mm. yourself on trying to be like more like, you know, sexy or, you know, I don't even know what it is. It's just, it's just like hedonistic, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that our society is, is really gotten a lot of um, mileage out of our hedonism already. I think yes. we could maybe turn back a little, <laughs> maybe head in the other direction just for a little while till the world ends anyway, you know, well, maybe see what it's like. You're like, so beautiful. It gets I'm all excited. the focus. And there's, it gets much, all the there's focus. much more there. And it's like, that's that's what people want to like, oh, that's the craziness, but there's so much more to, yeah. to especially it's the... Um, the you know uh, expressing your emotions and your feelings and everything like that, but the that that wild side of it gets the lion's share of the attention. It is the wild gift. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. you know that's what you know. I mean, it, they say, well, you know, sex sells or something. Well, no, the media sells what they want us to do mm-hmm. right. you know, to us, and that's what we do. I mean, you can see it in more areas than that too. Well, your yeah. mind sells. I think because you're so brilliant that you're like your ideas and your thoughts and your mind and your lyrics and everything that you do sells beyond whatever is kind of thought about as rock and roll. You actually have like a very like a strong, important literary connection and side. And as an icon and a feminist icon, to me, it's so valuable that you do what you do and you always have. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, I always have. And um, it's too late to turn back now mm-hmm. because, you know, I have nowhere else to go but where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I, when you said literary, I, I should mention that I do have that column. Yes. In the OC Weekly, which it's great. is great. For people that don't know, I live in this place called Orange County, which used to be um, a really f- goofy place to live in the 70s, 80s, <laughs> 90s, but it's actually quite cool now. I, I think live it's in cool. The, I live in a little old town, and mm-hmm. um, it hasn't changed much. They try to keep it as old fashioned as possible, you know, so I, I like that. You know, I can walk everywhere, and I got dogs. It's just, it's just great. Oh, but, what kind um, of dogs do you have? I have a Minpin. <gasps> um, 
was mm. just brutally tr- treated very badly. Um, she was like a breeder dog, and they chopped off her tail and they <gasps> got her, some of her claws. And she was found on the streets of Anaheim, and she weighed like six pounds, and she was all bristly and skinny and scared and frightened. <gasps> And now she's a super healthy minpin. But she still has that attitude. I mean, she's like the most honorary creature you've ever met. Everyone Mm. loves her because of it, but I just love her to pieces. And I have another dog named Dottie, who's a little golden dog, who's a super athletic superhero, beautiful girl. Mm. And then a little white deer body chihuahua named Cake. Oh, um, Cake, how lucky to have Exine as your mom. I, I love That's my girls. That's so man. cool. And then, me, and, then, and then my roommate, Andrea, Cake is actually her dog, but then she got one of those ginormous um, blue um, pit bulls, German pit mm-hmm. bulls. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful yeah. dog. Yeah. And so she has that, and that's a girl, Gretel. So we got four girls, four, four oh. dogs from the tiniest to the biggest. And they, so and they are, pretty, you know, it's it's wonderful, really. I love them. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what Orange County's like. And so I got this job. Strangely enough, I was interviewed by a woman from the um, OC Weekly, and mm-hmm. um, she just had a baby. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to talk to me after our interview about having a kid because my son's grown. He's 25 now. But yeah. she was asking me some questions because she was concerned about some things. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And we talked for a really long time at my house. And then she said, you know, you, you're pretty smart. You should have an advice column. Well, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So she went to the weekly and they gave me an advice so column. So amazing. Ask I love it. And it was, it was really hard because it would take me like five or six hours mm-hmm. to like, and I wasn't really getting paid hardly anything. You know how it is in journalism, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I just wanted to do it and see if I could do it. And I tried so hard to, to ask, to answer the questions people were asking and then give the advice that would apply to anyone who was reading it also, right. you know, which is what you would do. Yeah. I mean, you're not just giving advice. They might not even read your answer, that person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I did that and I took it very seriously and I, I think I did a good job. And then they said, we're going to change your column. And I was like, oh gosh, what? And they said, Exine says. So now it's just mm-hmm. like 450 words of anything I want to write about. Oh, that's so, so great. So like I did a three-part short story on a woman who wakes up in a FEMA camp. Mm-mm. And like that. <laughs> I mean, and that's pretty out there for, you know, any paper in America. Oh, I love it. And um, so, you know, like this week, uh, you know, like I just write about, and then sometimes I'll write about small businesses in Orange mm-hmm. County that I think are really cool that need mm-hmm. pe- people need to know about. And that's great. Just people and things and stuff. And it's just like... Super political because, like, I'll say things like the creatures that rule over us rather than the yeah. government, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. But exactly. I don't want, I mean, it isn't a government and they're not people. So, what else can I say? Creatures yeah, right. who rule over us, elites, whatever. <laughs> so, this week I was going to write about, because um, it'll be out next week for Bradley Manning. Um, the verdict mm. was in on him that he was acquitted of aiding the enemy, but all mm-hmm. these other charges, 136 years, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> so, I decided to write a column about him, mm-hmm. my version of what it was. We know kind of the facts. And, but it ended up being a column about, privacy and secrecy and how they're not the same thing mm-hmm. and how we have no privacy but those creatures have all the secrecy in the world right. layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and rings so of, crazy you know, that, we're, that we're paying for and we can't even you know make a phone call mm-hmm. so but mm-hmm. what, what it's what's interesting about that column is that i challenge myself every time to come up with something that is of the great for the greater good common good mm-hmm. and i end up spending like six seven hours total you know by the time i sit down to write it i've already spent hours and hours thinking about it and right. researching it and and it's like i feel like i got a raise finally and good I'm not, <laughs> and, they should you know be what? paying you for and, it so much i mean but huge. here's the thing i'm making like lowest lane wages and i think that's really great <laughs> my first my first poem i ever read when i was in venice was um about lois lane when mm-hmm. i first came here in 76 mm-hmm. and now i feel like i am lois lane because i'm making like uh, what she would be making then but she would be able to pay her rent but anyway it was called uh, uh lois lane. lois lane is a redhead a neat slick chick in a blue-eyed suit Oh, and that I like was my that. first poem that I read at Beyond Baroque. But anyway, oh, that's cool. So well, I, so I, I love relate, that. I relate to that Lois Lane now. After all, isn't that funny? And now here so I. So you know Vivale. Vivale uh, from Beyond Baroque. Beyond Vivale. Um, he's uh, Chinese and he or Japanese. He's he's part of that whole world. It's like we know so many of like oh, the is, same is people. Is he more contemporary now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't met him yet. Okay. But I do know a lot of those people over the yeah. years. And of course, you know. Pleasant and... Pleasant, yeah. You a, and, you is, I is went and saw you and it was so great. I and I never even got to tell you. When I when Pleasant was doing that show with you yeah. and I came to Chicago, it I was know, such I loved a great it. event. It was so I'm nice. I'm so grateful felt, that you came. I know, but I felt so special being there too. We were I was so in Chicago, seeing a big show. Well, we were so starstruck so that you were there. I, and so on. I'm, I'm starstruck now. Are you starstruck? Absolutely, oh my yeah. goodness, yeah, yeah. really? That's so odd. I'm just such a gardening little... 
I'm, all I do is garden and play with my dogs. There's nothing. To be struck. <laughs> There's no reason to be struck. But I mean, this, it, it goes beyond because you have such an influence in our lives in terms of rock and roll. And for me, as a feminist and as a writer and an artist, so I mean, it's like you've done so much. But it's hard to know when you're in that you're you're in it. You've done it, so you yeah. don't you don't have the same. Like I'm like all like oh all the things that you've done. I like. I, <laughs> well, that's so okay exciting. for you to do that, and I might do that to you. Oh, you're sweet. But here's the thing. Um, I learned when I was really young because I've been doing this since I was 20, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I spent more time like kind of, especially when X first started and Ray Manzarek produced our first record. I was only in my early 20s and all that. And the thing was that, so I was already really used to people coming up to me and going, oh my God, I love you. You're great. Your band is great. You're Or... You you fucking bitch! I hate you. You know you're, you're a sellout. Well, because the hardcore kids came on the heels of that, and they didn't like the Hollywood punk scene. They were the Orange uh, County kids, right? Oh no! Or people just said, you know, you can't sing. You're terrible. You're so beautiful. We got tons and tons of press early on, and the press was over the top. It'd be like the New York Times album of the year, L.A. Times mm. album of the year, Time mm. magazine, all this stuff. And then there would be all this other stuff that would just say, mm. you know, this band is the worst band no. ever. Punk. They can't play. You know, but there would be terrible, terrible yeah. things. And I realized as the bad things would hurt my feelings and the good things would make me feel better about myself that mm-hmm. I had to not listen to either because right. mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle is the truth. Because if I believe I'm a genius, then five minutes from now, I've got to believe I'm the worst piece of shit that ever, that <laughs> ever hit the stage. You are a genius. You are but, a genius. But, but the thing, you see what I mean though? It's like yeah. you cannot, you have to just, you can't ever let that stuff, like it means something to me when, certainly Hard. when people say they appreciate what I do as a person, person to person thing and also, you know, the audiences and their support and all that. And the media, that's good. But I'm just saying, you've got to have a strong sense of who you are and you've got to be grounded and you've got to be down to earth and you've got to right. be a regular person who gets down on your hands and knees and scrubs the floor mm. and takes care of your friends when they're sick and and, so right. and goes to the grocery store and helps everybody out the best. Th- you know, you got to be a good person. Of course, so. but I was so, like, you saved my life. Like, listening to X, listening to you, like, I could have died. And if it wasn't for you out there, I would have died. Like, I believed in you so much, and you just made me feel good about my life. Oh, wow. Well, and that's really good. I'm grateful. Well, I think that that is a really important thing. And who thinks, who would have thought when you start to play music or do any kind of art mm-hmm. form that, that your job is so all encompassing? Yeah. It involves benefits, saving people, saving people, helping people, nurturing people, mentoring. We had a runaway live with us, this, you know. Actually, strangely enough, it was Gary who was in the Blackhearts with Joan Jett. Oh, yeah, yeah, And when yeah. he was 15, he was a runaway in oh, the punk scene. Oh, no. And, and it was me and John and Billy were living in a one-bedroom duplex mm-hmm. right by the Pussycat Theater on Genesee and Santa Monica Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And um, this kid was such a neat kid, and he seemed mm-hmm. really talented and cute, and he was just a nice kid, and we felt sorry for him, and we told him he could come stay with us because he was literally just yeah. a homeless kid, right? So he slept on, you know in the living room. Billy slept on the couch and he slept somewhere else, I guess on the floor in a sleeping bag or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. he lived with us for a long time and um, then he turned 16 and then Joan was looking for a bass player. So John mm-hmm. said he knew somebody real good because John had kind of taught him how to play bass. He was like just a genius oh, at it, right? Uh-huh. And so I think they said he was 18. I'm not sure. But anyway, he got the gig. <laughs> oh. Anyway, and so he would be, became a black heart and we were so proud of him like he was our kid. You know? Oh, yeah. But who would think when you start in a band that like you're going to do that kind of stuff, you know? Um, you have a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot. you do, and it's because other people have, uh, what's the word, abrogated their responsibilities? Abdicated. Or, like, or like, abdicated. Yeah, they, they like, haven't. They parents haven't, have like, yes. yeah, have taken off and they haven't, whatever. Um, they haven't... Uh, they haven't raised their kids and they right. haven't taken care of things in there. And even more now, like teachers and parents, who has the time or the ability anymore to even deal with anything practically? People are just, just at wit's end, you know? Yeah. So, so, but it is interesting because it's like you're supposed to save the world and write a good song. But you, you write know? brilliant <laughs> songs effortlessly. I mean, like everything that you've done, like I just, I've, I've so, like, it's imprinted in my DNA. And, you know, for me as a fan, like every time I see you perform, it just fills me up. I mean, don't you feel, Jim, like X and Xene and what they do, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's you know, just and it's great. nice that we're still playing with the original band. Amazing. Which is a, truly amazing. And people say, did you still, did you think 30 years ago or 35 years ago that you'd still be playing? It's like, no, I didn't. Mm. Is that a good answer? Because no, of course I didn't. <laughs> Who would think in 2013, X would still be together and playing shows with Blondie mm-hmm. in it's 1980? Great. Would you have thought that? No, you would not have thought that. But then on the other hand, why wouldn't you think that? Well, I would have why hoped not live it. forever? Yeah. I would hope that but, for that. You know, to be to be a surviving band because we've lost so many people, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, and, and so many people have just disappeared off the face of the earth, right. whether they're alive or not, I don't know, from a lot of those bands. And um, of course, so many people have passed away. But yeah. it's just good to still be around and still be doing what we're doing. And, you know, in fact, in a way, we're a lot better than we used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, although we don't have as much, like I would say, physical energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's all that counts, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing, I mean, you know, I'm 57, so, you know, yeah, I'm not I can't believe that. We look, like, like, you look younger than me, I'm serious, like, you look, I'm 44, so I'm like, I wish I could look like you uh, when I'm yeah. 45, so, but you're actually... Well, it's a good thing we're on, not on TV right now. Oh, so no, you look beautiful. See, how, how, what's your secret? I mean, what do you do to stay young? You, you look know, so young. I think, um, well, I don't really do a lot of sun type stuff. Right. And I've always managed Important. to stay out of the sun, so yeah. I don't have like a lot of that mm-hmm. wrinkly kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I think it's just probably the way you look is just, I think that's pretty genetic, mm-hmm. actually. And, you know, of course. But um, my grandmother died pretty young, and my mother died young, and my sister died young, and my aunt died young. So I don't know what I'm going to look like when I get, you know how people say, oh, I'm starting to look like my mom. It's like, I'm way past my mom, way past my wow. grandma. Well, you look beautiful now, no and you've always looked like. well, beautiful. So it's that's exciting. Nice. Like I'm like, oh, God, maybe there's a secret to the, the fountain yeah, of youth. The fountain Xenes of youth got is it. just. Rock and roll. I guess it's just. You know, luck of the draw. I mean, I got a few good things going for me. Anyway. Um, you got a lot going. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, um, let's see. What were we talking about? I forgot. Well, we're talking about, about you, young. your ex. We're talking about oh, ex. Yeah, we're talking we're about beauty, around. the legacy, yeah. everything. Oh, like, yeah. So much. The, the thing about about um, a great band, like a lot of my favorite bands are 60s bands, like the Almond Brothers and bands oh, yeah, like yeah, that, and The Doors, you know. Of course. And what those bands had going for them, they weren't running around, jumping off the monitors. Right. Or the speakers, excuse me, speakers. They just had intensity. Yeah. I mean, they could stand in one spot. I mean, Jim Morrison would never, he could have just stood in one spot right. for an hour and a half and everybody would have just gone crazy. Yeah, of course. Know? I mean, it's intensity. And um, so, you know, there's ways of, of getting emotion. See, for me, mm-hmm. it's, it was always an emotional thing. Right. Rather than a spectacle thing or mm-hmm. a sex thing or a, a fast, hard thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It had to do with just sending out, I mean, life is frequency, vibration, and, and you know, vibration frequency sound you mm. know uh, molecules right. vibrating that's all life is yeah it isn't even nothing we see is even here really mm-hmm. there's more space than anything else and and frequency mm-hmm. and so you know and that's got to do a little bit with also like um you know metaphysical type yeah. stuff in a positive way that you mm-hmm. can summon energy and you can transfer energy between people and you know body language is important but um there's there's a meaning that comes out of people that's like a vibe, mm-hmm. I guess, or an aura mm-hmm. that that you have or you don't. And and if you if you believe in that kind of thing and you go for the more positive version of that, I think that's kind of like you can emit kind of like a love, a feeling of love and togetherness right. that unites people. And it's not just hero worship, you know. Like a lot yeah. of times, people it's just got to be like you're the star and everybody's supposed to worship you, and that's that's the communication, mm-hmm. you know. That that doesn't work. Well, for me with you, it was like I was plugging into you. I was plugging into your songs and I was plugging into your sound and your voice. And like, I was like identifying with you and you energized me. That's exactly what I would be saying there is what I would hope to try to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, it's like you're just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just you got to have a feeling of one man's one manship. Is that a word? Mm. I yes, made up a word. One manship, mm-hmm. right? With everyone. Um, well, you made you me know, feel like I was going to survive. Fun. Like you made me feel like, oh, I can live through this. Maybe I will grow up to be Exene. Like that. Uh, that was like, even though we're actually quite close in age, I would look up to you and I would think maybe I could be that. And I really feel like that's happened, which is really beautiful and gracious. Well, that's. That's really good. I mean, that is the point. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I got to say that, um, you know, fanfare in Nashville, where the country stars, they get to uh, they have this like three-day fanfare thing in Nashville. I don't know if they still, I think they still do it, but it used mm-hmm. to be in the old days. It was like Loretta Lynn and all those people. Yeah. And um, they would just like, you know, they play like 300 days a year and they they, they always thank their fans and mm-hmm. their, and fanfare was just a thing where they would, all the superstars of country would just sit there and sign autographs for regular people would come. Yeah. And um, they would thank them, you know, because they realized, of course, that, you know, without the fans of course they have no career but it's more than that it's like a it's like a, a gratitude because people are so grateful to you mm-hmm. when you do you know music and then yeah. something to people and you and you want to let them know that you're grateful back and not mm-hmm. just that um applause and oh thank you i'm so great and then leave you know you you do want to hear from people and you do want to integrate with people that's why i've never 
been one to like separate myself from. Mm-hmm. I've never had to. I I, yeah. I was on tour with Pearl Jam. We were ex was in South mm-hmm. America and mm-hmm. Europe, and in South America, you know, you need a lot of protection, bodyguards, right. and police and and whatnot. You know, right. around that's the a whole thing in South there. America. It's hard to tour in South America because yeah. it's very corrupt and there's a lot. It's it's very difficult. Like I know best. Even, even the Pope had trouble there last yes, week. Yes, yeah. well, you would. You would. And <laughs> Eddie Vedder <laughs> and the Pope are kind of about the same in Brazil, but <laughs> the Pope have a problem. <laughs> but um, you know, and you think. You think about that, and that's that's kind of hard to to think about, like having to be that way. But I've never had to be that way. So, mm. but I've never chosen, like in that situation, they couldn't help but but be protected to some right. degree, not from their fans, but from bad people. No, it's it's very right. corrupt. And it's very difficult. And you're yeah. t- talking about a lot of money, and you need Kidnapping bodyguards. And and yeah, that's a that's huge a, thing that's too. Crazy there, but you know, I don't. I, I'm so glad that because um, I've never been one that wasn't just there, like with mm. everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that that's good because I don't. Part of me is is just so I'm just so regular, you know, mm. so just the average person trying to be a good human being and a good, you know, just a good being. And, and, and the, but I do have a responsibility, I know, on the other side to be more than that sometimes. But mm-hmm. if I didn't have that, I don't think I could be more than that. But it's tough. I mean, it's tough to be a woman in rock and roll. It's tough to be oh, yeah, in that male environment. It's very male and it's very, but you've managed to not only have grace throughout it, but to retain like your beauty and your like youthfulness and excitement and your punk rockness. I mean, what do you think is the secret that we can all follow and be like well, you? Well, for one thing, it's what kind of men do you choose to be around you? Yes, mm-hmm. you're in Good a ones. world, you know? Good ones. And you better be with some enlightened ones or you yeah. are in big trouble. Right. You know, you're in trouble so when true. you're young and then when you get older, you're, you're going to be in trouble in a whole nother way because you're then invisible and disposable. Oh. Once you get to be 35. <laughs> once you get to no. be in your late 30s, man, you might as well just be invisible. Well, the men I love still see me, so that, that, that's is why, that true, Jim? We still, we still get seen. Well, oh, but, yeah, but, but see, that's the thing is, is that you can't, you know, it's, I don't have any bad people in my life. Mm. And that, and that includes the people I work with. I don't work with people who aren't enlightened and aren't, and aren't good, you know, so good. men or women, because what would, what would I gain of, yeah. of, of being torn down to a, a lower level of, of thought? Right. And also they wouldn't like me. Yeah. Men don't like me as a rule, believe it or not. Because I don't I'm believe not, that because I'm not I think a stereotype no, or they're afraid so of me. Beautiful. One of the two. But. You're so beautiful and you are a legendary beauty. And I, I don't know. You're one of the great beauties of the the generation that I'm in. So I've never, I couldn't imagine well, anybody treating you less than that. Well, you know, um, I have a lot of, um, I've made a lot of really good friends in the music business, people that have gone through different companies and, you know, who have been like manhandled by the corporate, you know, mm-hmm. takeover type stuff, who are mm-hmm. still really vital and really great men yeah. that have like always been there for me. And like Gary Stewart, who was at Rhino, who like does all this like charity work. He's the kind of guy that works in a homeless shelter one day yeah. and like, always has, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, these kind of guys, you know, those are those are great men. There are great men in this country, yeah. in the world, but most of them aren't in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's like, you know... Um, there's a lot of people that are very, you know, stripper girlfriend by me and amp kind of guys. <laughs> and, so, and, and it's true. You know, there are a lot of self-centered, uh, narcissistic, wannabe star, guitar hero god guys that, really, oh no. that you do encounter. And then, you know, there's also people in the music business nowadays, too, where, um, you know, it's the same as with professional sports or anything else. If you're not the best, the most expensive, you know, if you don't have the most expensive stuff, if you're not the highest paid star in your field, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're just an, you're just worthless. And so everybody That's everybody crazy. wants to pretend or be up there with those people. So, yeah. you know, you might walk into a recording studio and the people that are behind the desk treat you like shit because they don't recognize I you. I don't get that. And so there's that in the business. And also as an older woman, you know, sometimes I'll be at a show where some people go, oh, are you the manager? No. I'm like, no, I'm the... Singer. No, um, <laughs> I, I you're. I see. To me, you're you're like a combination of like Natalie Wood and like who's a younger person, like Winona Ryder, like the beauty of somebody like Hedy Lamar, 
but also with the rock of like Sid Vicious. Like you're oh. so all these different. Mixed you're Richard with, Hell with Irish milkmaid, and uh, but like, but also like Jean Harlow. Like there's so oh, many different things happening. So you're my pinup, but you're also my bass player. Like you're also like my Lou oh. Reed or my you know my poet. Like you're my Mark Twain, but you're super also Marilyn Monroe. So oh wow, I adore you. I'm, I'm so excited about that. I'm gonna write all this down when I get home. Remind <laughs> myself. Um, but no, it's all these different the things. Bio now, right? Yeah, yes, but exactly. it's the extremes of like beauty and intelligence because you encompass so many different things. But it's hard for people to think about. I agree with you, but it's hard for people to think, think about women as intelligent. It's hard for men to think about women getting better as we get older. That's right. another thing. Well, they're very competitive. Mm. And, and so the thing is that when, when we start to get older and we're more confident about who we are, we don't really care that much if we're wearing stiletto kind of right. shoes, we'd rather walk. Yeah. And we're smart and we're and we're like, you know, there's a certain thing that comes with age and it's, it's like there's, you know, it's kind of a classic kind of thing in, you know, um, in myth, you know, with women yeah. as they third trimester of life mm-hmm. and men feel because of society that they're in decline mm-hmm. because if they haven't made it really high 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 up in their career then you know they're they're maybe they're losing their hair they're having prostate mm. pro- you know vi- uh, viagra and all. anyway the mm. media and the, and the culture dictate that men kind of they're they're more powerful as they get older if they're successful but right if not they're on the skids and with yeah. women it's like beautiful young thin Past that nothingness, you know, right. it's just it's a weird, convoluted, mixed up thing where where age isn't valued and wisdom isn't valued, but there's a reason. Mm-hmm. It may seem superficial, but actually, the reason wisdom, especially women's wisdom, is denigrated or ignored or it's invisible is because it's very, very powerful stuff, and it could mm-hmm. save humanity. No, true. And and if if young people, um, I'm getting involved with this dip, in different ways, mentoring young people like um, Girls Rock Camp, which is oh, the best I, organization. Oh, I, I, right? I love that. Yes, yes, yeah, I've heard of it. I love them. They, yeah, that is, that great. is, that is. If you, they're if really anybody cool. listening to this doesn't know what Girls Rock Camp is, go look it up and find mm. one. It is the best thing for young girls, and yeah. it's just mentoring. And I've taught school, and you know, I've done all this great. thing with kids, and 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 recently with this whole new batch of of young guys. Actually, um, they need to reach out to older people mm-hmm. like we did with Ray, even though he, again, he was like 10 years older, you right, know, whatever. Right. But um, anybody that's got more experience than you, I mean, think about it this way in, in old days, up until very recently, would you want to not know how to fix a car? If your mm-hmm. uncle could teach you when you were six, how to fix a car, <laughs> or would you not want to know how to put out a fire? Would you not want to know how to do some plumbing? Would you not want to know how to ride a bike or, you know, do anything in life or play piano or anything? It's like people are willingly uh, just going, no, I don't want to know anything. Mm. I don't want to learn anything. And I don't want to know anything from you, from your experience. You can save somebody 50 steps and a lot of heartache and expense by just saying, when I was your age, mm. this is the way we did it. Or, yeah, this is how you do it. This is how you plant a tree. This is whatever. And people purposely are avoiding getting information that would save them, would give them all these shortcuts in life. Right. And and tip them off so they wouldn't get in trouble. And it's not just, what it's, it's more, it's just like, no, it's like, well, this is how you steal from a store. You know, it's like, no, how about, how do you constructively, you know, how do you, you know, I don't know, how do you change, change a diaper? How do you do all these, like, you know, hints from Heloise? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I it's love like that. those kind of things. Like, how do you open yeah. a pickle jar? I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> just some kind of stuff. Or we how do you help. can? How do you can vegetables? How oh, do you have a garden? We need to know. You need to, you need to know all that. And and, and it's, it's, it's information that they don't want us to have. They want us to be completely dependent mm-hmm. on, on anything outside of ourselves so that we are totally helpless when the power goes out, totally right. helpless when there's a storm, right. when, when we have no money, when you know, we don't know what to do. We don't have any food in our house for an emergency. We don't know that you, know, you can't live more than a couple of days without water. We don't even know that, let mm-hmm. alone prepare for it. And so you know, I think yeah, it's really same. important that, that um, you know, everybody steps up to that role as a role model. I think um, because our education system is like destroyed mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, and actually does a lot more harm than it not existing. Right, right. But every thinking conscious adult should go out and find one uneducated kid and mm. invest time mentoring them and teaching them yeah. math, English, oh, spelling, reading, writing, beautiful. all the stuff I learned in Catholic school in Illinois in the right. 50s and 60s that they don't teach anymore. And just take a kid beautiful. and say, well, where are you in life? And what do you need? And while you're doing that, then you get to talk about things and why things are the way they are and, and who beautiful. they are. You know. But if everybody did that, we'd have a couple million all of a sudden educated young right. people who would know what was really going on. It no, wouldn't just right. be 
following mm-hmm. along, you know, Beyonce and Jay Z and all I that know. crap. But I'm, I'm, I, I sat down off of like a bad, like little, like sidetrack of thinking about you in a Catholic schoolgirl uniform oh, because you're so yeah, cute. I was very cute, and you know, I had the oh, same hair with the same bangs, sort of little but shorty outfit. I, oh, no, it wasn't short. Oh, you want me to? So t- I'll tell you my favorite Catholic school yes. story. When I was in yes. second grade, right before Kennedy got shot, mm. <clears throat> I might have been. Yeah, I think it was second grade. Beautiful. The girls mm. had uh, wear a. A, a hound's tooth check, but very small, black and white. Oh. It was a skirt, and then it had the bib that came up like a yeah. jumper. Oh yeah, and then it was a white short sleeve blouse oh, yeah. with a Peter Pan color, which is round. Oh, couldn't be pointy. Had to be cute. round. No pointy yes, things. Of course, of course. Then we had a little red tie, like a little almost country and western, like a little crisscross red tie <gasps> that snapped. Yeah, and a little red. You're gonna love this beanie corduroy. <gasps> so cute. That said S M S Saint Mary School on the top. Oh my god! And we so had perverted. Wear, was it like a yarmulke or is it was it like? Well, it was like a full beanie. Oh, all the way like a beret. Like no, a, just like it. Like okay. it fit on your head. You know, just anything to make okay. you unattractive. No, you then, always beautiful in all this. And then we had to things. wear either um, navy blue or black shoes and socks or white ankles. We couldn't mm-hmm. wear anything else. Right. And if we wore a sweater, it had to be black or navy mm-hmm. blue. The right. boys could wear anything they wanted. They could wear pointy shoes, mm. t-shirts, jeans, slacks. You know, they could wear mm. like literally anything they wanted. So one day I'm in class with the nun and I put up my hand and I, and she says, what? You know, like, and I said, well, why is it that the girls have to wear uniforms and the boys don't? Hmm. And what was really interesting about that, and this changed my life and is who I am now, mm-hmm. this one moment, was I swear to you, I, I see this in my mind, I might have exaggerated, it seemed like every kid in the room looked down at their clothes, looked at the person next to them, looked at their outfit, looked at their shoes, looked at the guy next to him, looked at the girls, looked around the room as if they had just been like snapped. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in so much trouble because it spread all through the school. Oh, no. You know, why do the girls have to wear uniforms and the uh-huh. boys don't? And it became a huge problem that right. day, but they, they nipped it in the butt, you know, like they will in a Catholic school right, right. away, you know, like right. grab you by the arm and you're in trouble. <laughs> but And then it was never mentioned again. Right. But the thing is, what's instructive about that could have been me, could have been someone else. It just so happened that I was the one who said it and they weren't noticing it. I just can't yeah. believe it, right? Mm. But it's only, a, you know, we were a small school, but still. But the other thing is that nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to understand. It's like if you're in a room full of people and something horrible is going on and it could be governmental or it could be somebody abusing a child, it could be anything, you know people are, no one will, and everyone pretends like nothing's going on and right. you say it, then some people will go, well, if she said it, I guess I can say it. I guess mm-hmm. it's okay to think that. Mm-hmm. But most of them will just go let you take the fall. Well, and they won't great, follow up, though. But that's but it's the great. Thing. It's but, great that you said, like, they will do it if you thought it. That's powerful. They think it too, but that's, that's the that thing. That's great. People do know that stuff is wrong. Right. And they do know that something's shady but going But you give on. them permission. That's powerful. Yeah, but the, the other side, though, the, the very powerful authority figures mm. will try to squelch that mm. and with little children i guess it's a lot easier you know but but you gave but us a adults. lot of power you gave us a lot of i mean don't you think that x was like hugely influential in the way that we think about the world jim mm-hmm. yeah well i mean even that even that whole thing it's just everybody's afraid to speak up mm-hmm. yeah and it's that one courageous voice yeah, we need in whatever you. it is yeah. but I, I just you. feel in general there's a huge lack of imagination and passion mm-hmm amongst so many people uh, in in comedy i feel like I, I sometimes you're on stage trying to entertain people to have no imagination or thoughts beyond anything and they just want the most mediocre kind mm-hmm. of material mm-hmm. and not not like oh, i'm up there doing brilliance but it's like if you try to talk about anything that's slightly you know different they're just they're just tuned out like there's such mediocrity now in in most of art, well, you know it's why? such a horrible time. It's because, for one thing, they've they've been for a long time putting sodium fluoride in the water. Mm. Now you know the sodium fluoride mm. was sold by Edward Bernays, who is the father of propaganda, Sigmund Freud's nephew, mm-hmm. who heard one thing his uncle said, which was people are ruled more desire more than by desire than need, and took that ball and ran with it. He's the one that got mm. women to smoke, sold mm-hmm. World War One to the American people propaganda bacon all the shit that he did Mm. you know but um so the thing is that he also sold sodium fluoride which is a byproduct of like the aluminum industry as a way to keep people's teeth from getting cavities especially Mm -hmm. children well it doesn't and also what it does is it calcifies the pineal gland and that's part of the brain it's Mm. the third eye area right and it and it and it's been shown in tests in china and other places that sodium fluoride which is 
banned in most places as, because it's a rat poison, mm -hmm. that it does cause calcification in the brain and that it is very detrimental to IQ. It reduces children's IQ very, very much. Mm. Also, the, the, the vaccines, my, my polio vaccine, it was just, you know, just found out they put mm. cancer in those from Ugh. 57 to 63. So I've Ugh. got the cancer in the polio vaccine. Ugh. The chemtrails. All the stuff, the television, it's not just what's on television, it's what's not on television. Mm. It's what you don't see that's right. on there. And it's also the, the frequency at which it's being transmitted into your mm. brain. The radio waves, the microwaves, all this stuff. There's Prozac in the water. There are mm. all kinds of, 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 of antibiotics. There's, you know, everything is designed to cripple us physically and emotionally right. and intellectually. So it's a, it's a wonder people can even talk anymore, and it's they barely can. Yeah, most people can't even construct a sentence. If you right. go on social media, yeah, I know right. it's abbreviated, but so many people can't even write a simple sentence yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. Adults. Well, go mm -hmm. out into the world. I mean, I heard somebody on the radio the other day on a radio station go, yeah, well, I, I, I didn't know a lot of important people, but you know who I met? I met the governor of Chicago, and I was just the governor of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Could you try mayor and governor of Illinois? Oh my you know, goodness. And that's what I say about mentoring people. Where do you start with someone who has no, no idea of even the basics of government, language, yeah. math, English, you know, or Spanish or whatever their language is that, that barely can communicate? Mm -hmm. It's really difficult. We're and that's so the lucky thing. that we've had you for for um, poetry, for rock and roll, for music, for um, all these different aspects of feminism and just art. I mean, I, I feel so fortunate that we've been able to have you as an artist in this like just world of chaos and ignorance. Well, I know. I, I, I got to say, I think that the same way about other people too, mm -hmm. that you, you know, that it's a good thing that there are some good people around right, right now that, because it's a big consolation to know that yeah. there's other people that think the so same. Great. And if that's the most or the least I can provide, I'm happy with that alone, you know? Who do you love? Who do you love? Who's your favorites? Um, oh, my favorites? Who well, do you go to, like, when you're thinking about, like, art or you need an escape? Like, who, what, like, who is, like, your solace, well, do you think? You For know, me, it's Princess Farhana. Like, I always look at Flaz yeah. and be like... Oh, like she's just rocking it and yeah, she's, she's my dance awesome. teacher and like she's helpful and she's really great. She's helped me a lot. She's a great girl. I've mm -hmm. known her too since she was like 15 and oh. she's always been one of my favorite people. Yeah, she's great. Um, You know, it depends. Like a lot of things make me sad because they trigger like unhappy memories because I've mm -hmm. really had a really sad, tragic life, believe mm -hmm. it or not. Yeah. It's hard. But it's true. It's hard. So yeah. like I, it's hard for me to listen to certain things, but I like the doors and, and oh, yeah, like Almond Brothers, that yeah. kind of music, that era of mm -hmm. like those bands. There's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of those bands, you know, love and I'm just really proud bands. because my my DVD is on the Almond Brothers tour bus and um Greg Almond stopped me one time in an elevator and like he like was like, I, I know you, like I know you, like I know you you're you you're you're really great. And he was so sweet and beautiful. And then my okay. friend who was with me was crying because he was like, I just remember the the Greg Almond of like those days and he was in a wheelchair and he was so much older and it was hard for him to reconcile this man with the rock star that he remembered. Yeah. And he was crying and then I was crying, but I was so honored that they love me and I was like I can't believe that they even know who I am so that's my show off story oh, but who, no, that's, that's who do you love um, well you know um, as far as like you know it's hard to say whenever anybody asks me that I have such a hard time answering it we love Wilco we're crazed about Wilco, Wilco. yeah um, I think like them. for new bands and stuff mm -hmm. and new music there's a band from, from Orange County from Santa Ana a Mexican mm -hmm. 60s kind of band and normally mm -hmm. I don't like bands that sound like the 60s because they mm -hmm. never do Yeah. but this band <laughs> called The Hurricanes oh yeah they're great they they're great they are so damn good yeah I love them and there's yeah. a, that label that they're on is also really good I mm -hmm. forget what it's called now but um, but the, the Hurricanes are great they're sort of ventures they're, they've they're got like so a good. solitary sound and it's it's really unique and beautiful plus that they're very good musicians and mm -hmm. he's a great singer so yeah. it's it's beyond just imitating something. Right. They just are that. And it's just, right. uh, I love that. And then there's a band from Texas, mm -hmm. from Austin. They're young guys, three guys. And they remind me of a cross between the Butthole Surfers and ZZ Top. Oh, my gosh. They're my favorite band called Not In The Face. Oh, I know who they are. Yeah, they're I great. I love them. They're great. They're oh going to be at Austin City Limits, so maybe we'll see them. 
They're great. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah they played, they're great. They played a tour with us in Reverend Horton Heat, and they, I just love them. They're the best they're band great. ever. Yeah, So I great. do. I you listen to some taste. new music. Um, yeah. And, um, but you're so influential that it's like, I know that a lot of these bands are getting their sound from what you guys are doing. So it's like, it's it, it sort of like, it, it, it sort of feeds upon itself. It's like, yeah. we're all the same. But it's really, really hard to be original now. Think about it, because, mm-hmm. you know, rock and roll started in, you know, the 40s, really. Uh, early 50s you know and and now it's 2013 and so like when i was growing up rock and roll was new and so i could absorb all of it at right. once and i knew mm-hmm. every bit of rock right. and roll and then the 60s i knew all about the 60s and the right. punk days i knew all i had i had everything covered i knew everything mm-hmm. but imagine now being 17 and going where do you start where do you start but i think how they could start you at x well yeah they could start there um, but you know, the thing is that, you know, it's, and so first you have to find out all that wonderful stuff and mm. listen to all that great stuff. And then you have to, in the meantime, form your own. Maybe There's a band that, um, also this band that I produced called Skating Polly. It's two girls. From oh, Oklahoma yeah, yeah, City. yeah, 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 yeah. And they were 11 and 16 when they did their record. Oh. And, and wow. now they're 17 and 12 and they're, they're going to be coming to LA really soon to play a show. Oh, and, we'll um, come. We'll come. they're adorable. Kelly and Peyton too. One, two kids, you know, a girl that We'd plays We'd love to guitar, interview them and listen to them. Drum. That sounds great. Oh, my god you know what that would be so great and they're such great girls they're so they're sweet and they're they're down to earth but they're brilliant and they're also just normal kind of healthy girls that just want to do good things in life and and, and they they look up to everybody you know and they're Uh, really respectful of all they know all the stuff about music they're way more than i do you know well we look up to them okay so we are in our last moments is there something that you need to say to exine like i just want to say i love you i'm so grateful that you came to to our house and like are talking to us and uh, we'll see you tonight. We can't wait to see you on the tour. You saved my life. So I'm just in awe of you (laughs) and in honor of everything you've done. I'm so grateful that you're here. So I love you. That's what I want to say. Jim, do you need to say something? We're just thrilled that you came to talk to us. And that's, that's the thing I was going to ask because you mentioned a little bit about working with Raymond Zarek. Mm -hmm. That must've been just really, so you guys sought him out? No, he came to see us play at the whiskey. Mm. His wife, Dorothy, just said, you know what, I think that you might like this band. We should go see him. Because it was just a few years after The Doors. I mean, right. from the beat yeah. to the hippies to the punks, it was like 15 years. Right. You know, think about it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, he fit right in. I mean, I was the biggest Doors fan in the world when mm-hmm. I was a kid. You know, I had that moment of the first time I heard the long version of Light My Fire. Mm-hmm. My consciousness started just going up this ladder and yeah. never stopped. Because of because of him, because of that band. And... um. I, I'm sad that he passed away and I went to see, you know, I went to his memorial up in Napa and it was unspeakably sad and beautiful at the same time because this was a person who had a perfect life. He had a mm. beautiful, incredible, great l- wife and a great kid and great, you know, me, everything he wanted, you could want in life he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a gardener, you know, he he, <laughs> he just loved life. He He inspired people. He was positive. He was optimistic. You know, he was opinionated and he could be like really strict and stern, but God, he was a loving, caring. Mm. He helped so many people and he yeah. changed the world. There's right. a person who changed right. the freaking world. Absolutely. Changed culture forever, changed music, changed everything. If it wasn't for wow. him, there would be no X, there would be nothing. I mean, there would be very little, I mean, there would be other bands, but mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. band and that, that, and see the thing is about that 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 scene and the punk scene is you can't take pieces out it would have all collapsed it had it had to have the jefferson airplane it had to have the doors it had to have the leaves it Mm -hmm. had to have love just like punk had to have the germs it had to have x it had to have blondie it had to have all that because it it was all like built up on the same like we were all holding the same thing you know holding on to the same thing and we without all those people even though we don't know who they all are sometimes Mm -hmm. unfortunately they're not as recognized it would have wouldn't have made it Especially the people that supported it, you know, the college radio people and, and, and all the people that just believed in it and told their friends word of mouth, mm. you know. Well, but yeah, amazing. he helped us a lot. He was yeah. a great guy. You're amazing to work with him and we've yeah. learned so much from you and him. And But for me, especially from you, I'm just... I'm just grateful. Is there anything you want to say? I'm like so starstruck. Well, you know, well, I will say that um, when you said who do you look up to is like a lot of the people I look up to now are um, independent media people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I have a whole bunch of channels that I watch faithfully and then uh, these people are just brilliant researchers. Oh, who do you love? Who do you love? Well, there's a lot of people on there, but I have my own YouTube channel and it's okay. under my name, Christine Cervanka, my little okay. Irish milkmaid name mm-hmm. or <laughs> Bohemian, I guess Bohemian. Irish milkmaid. Well, I'm, I'm half Irish and half Bohemian, Bohemian so 
time. Oh, I think of you as like just rock and roll. Like I never okay. think about your ethnic identity. I think about you as like you're from rock and roll. Like that's who... uh, from the um, from the nation of rock. Yeah, born from the nation rock and rollia. So I have rock and rollia. So I have this. Um, this character I play called Christine, not my real name, and mm-hmm. she's a conspiracy therapist, and she's oh. trying to help people deal with the conspiracies. Okay. And then I also put a lot of my songs that you wouldn't hear otherwise. I make videos and put them on there. And then mm-hmm. I also have a um, a comic strip that I put on. Oh wow! That's called The End Time Adventures of Lucifer and His Illuminati Gang. <laughs> oh, and he's goodness. always getting in trouble with his. And they're like always incompetent. Like he's always, like, <laughs> Dick, come on, we have to go. And they're like, Wait a minute, I'll be right there. I have to kill a bunch of people first. And then he's like, All right, whatever, you know. I love it. That's not an actual one. I just I made love that up. it. Anyway, and, that, and that's really funny. And so that is like the world that I really respect a lot mm-hmm. because a lot of people are really going out on a limb and it may not seem like it yet, but they are really, 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 as much as Bradley Manning or Julian Assange or anybody, they're saying what's really happening and it's mm-hmm. a very dangerous thing to do now. They're not breaking any laws, but... You're deep. But, I love it. You know, you're so You're so good because you're ahead of the game and like even like when you're covering things that are like... Like Soul Kitchen to me is my favorite X cover because it is like so modern and you brought the 60s into punk rock and you're so ahead of the game. Like to me, it's like oh, you're doing something, like your beat is like a head. And so I need to check these guys out because you're like brilliant. So you know you're psychic or something. I, I think, think I just pay psychic. attention. Yeah. I mean, I think that everything's out there for us to see. You know, there's so much stuff that people say, oh, well, that's not true. And it's like, yeah, it is. No, you're like, right. no, that yeah. isn't true. I blah, 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 blah. And I go, well, it's on whitehouse.gov. Oh, it's not on whitehouse.gov. I'm <laughs> making that up. And I'm like, no, it is. Oh, where did you see that on a conspiracy? No, it's the congressional record. Mm-hmm. It's an executive order. It was right. signed into law yesterday. No, it's so, Senator so-and-so said on CNN, on, uh, no, on C-SPAN, there was a there was a press conference. You didn't see that Senate hearing. You didn't see that congressional hearing. <laughs> and they're so like, brilliant. oh, come on. And it's like, oh my God, you know, it's like that, it's like the uniform thing. It's like, mm-hmm. would you just look at yeah. what is in front of you and then everyone would know. But I think people are scared and they want someone, you know, it's the nanny state thing where they think that they're mm-hmm. going to be taken care of. Well, they are going to be taken care of, well, but in a so bad grateful. way. Yeah. We're so grateful that you've been taking care of us and what we should be looking at. Where can people tweet, do tweet oh, or I, do I, Facebook? I, so I'm on, do you... I, I'm, I follow you on Twitter too. Oh. Um, I'm on the Twitter thing and all my mm-hmm. stuff is like sassy stuff and um, usually about topical things. Um, and the, my YouTube channel, Christine Cervenka. And then I'm not on Facebook. I'm the only one I know, which I think is oh, kind But what's of your weird. Twitter? What's your Twitter? Christine Cervenka. So, okay, so it's your mm-hmm. name. So everybody yeah. should follow. I, I'm sure they're following anyway, but so we uh, we will follow because we're just sort of like like behind. Mm-hmm. We'll get anything. Is there anything you need to say? Like, I love Exine. Um, you've got to listen to this on SoundCloud.com every Monday at 9 a.m. You've got to download us on uh, iTunes. Subscribe. Subscribe. But you can tweet us at Monster Talk, um, at Margaret Cho. What can they tweet you? At Jimmy Shelter. Um, I'm so, like, I'm starstruck. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I am in love with Exine. Your, like, um, your, your column, is that? Is that yeah, my column weekly? is OC Weekly. Yeah, it's in the OC Weekly every week. And it's online, too. So you don't have to live in Orange County. Yeah, go read If you that. don't want to, to read my column. <laughs> but people have to read it. Like, I'm just so in awe of all you've done and all you continue to do. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you tonight. But, like, I just love to see you in the rock venue like to me that's like you're living out and doing all I want to do as a rock star and you're amazing all you have to do is decide to do it right yeah you just have to say well if that person can do it and I can do it and you just liberate yourself right and yeah maybe somebody can point the way sometimes but really it's the person that has to do it you know but yeah I I hope there's a great generation of young women coming up who are going to be like way beyond Mm. where we are someday and just like all just going forward but you know well you we point hope. the way because you're so beautiful and it's like we all want to be like you oh, <laughs> well i hope i mean i don't know i mean for me that's that's really flattering and and I, I appreciate true. it because i respect you so much that well, you would say that you know it's so nice so brilliant um, and so but, beautiful you know, that's the thing it's like brilliance and beauty it's like both you don't have to choose you can be beautiful and you can be a genius that's what i see in you so I'm grateful well, to you. Thank that's you. That's probably why I haven't had a date in four years. No. But you never know. Somebody might hear this. You know what? It's like 
like yeah, people get intimidated. Yeah, that's right. Tweet it. No, seriously, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing, isn't it? It's a conundrum, mm. really. Well, for me, like I don't even like sex. That's what I was talking to Jim about. It's like I don't even have any sexual feelings whatsoever, so I don't care. I just want someone to go garden with me once in a while. Well, that would be nice, but you know, I have but then my they'll friends start telling me what and to my do. No, don't put that here. Put that plant over there. My be husband's like, like so obsessed with you. He's like so excited that you came over. Oh, so like we're like all like crazy fans but sexually like i don't have no feelings so it's sort of i don't know it's taking the the complexity out of whatever all that stuff yeah, you know the, for me i just like worship people so it doesn't matter or maybe it puts the complexity in and takes away the maybe the sim- simplicity i don't the, know the, but we're all worshiping you constantly <laughs> do you have anything do you have anything i i'm so beyond excited i don't <laughs> know what just to thrilled. say it's i nice i to see you excited i I I can't believe that you came over. I love you. Um, your voice is beautiful. You're beautiful. I just wanted to be you, but now I get to hang out with you. So that's all I'm saying. It's that I love you. And you know, if you want to be like me, be be yourself. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's all I tell people. That's I would hate if people try to be. I want people to be like me because I'm not like anybody else. So they but can say, you. well, I can be like her and be like me. Yeah, you're you, and you give yourself permission to be you, and you give all of us permission to be ourselves. So that's what I'm grateful for. Yeah, originality so, is is very very important yeah. in this world. It's what's it's kind of what's doomed so us is that we've lost our gratitude. who we are, you know. But mm-hmm. and you're beautiful. Anything, Jim? I'm well, so that, excited. That was the whole thing, sort of about punk too. When we we talked about it before, about how, but it really was the audience and the bands were on the same level. Yes, there was no because, separation. and it was right. almost like come join us because yeah. we just decided to do it. That was the brilliance of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes me think of. What was that great quote from Joe Strummer? Punk punk rock is is just means ex, uh, exemplary manners to your fellow man. Oh, that's what, well, yeah. Well, there was a there was a rare breed there, right? Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing is, I think people didn't understand when people used to jump on stage. It was it wasn't to show off and dive into mm-hmm. the crowd. It was to be on the stage with the band to show that we were all one. Right. But then it became like we're the stars and you're the star divers and we're all like you know showing off. Yeah. <laughs> Things well, get ruined, man. They do. But, we, you know, we love you. You're our star. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, Exine. Thank well, you thank so much, you. Jim. Oh, you're and so nice to me. I love you. And um, thank you. We want you to come back on soon. Please come back anytime. I'll I don't bring think Polly on, maybe. Please do. Yes. Yeah. Anytime. Right? Anytime. Maybe we can um, do that. We love you and we love our listeners. We will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>